Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for it. Hi, hi, and welcome. I'm Classy. And I'm a skater boy. I said see you later, boy, Nick. <laughs> and thanks for joining us on Talkadoo, a variety talk show where we talk about anything and nothing at all and hopefully get you talking too. Mm-hmm. How's it going? That is our shtick. It is going much better than the last couple of weeks. The last couple of weeks I've had have been very hit or miss. Like uh, individual days have been harder or or less hard. No days have been easy for the last seventeen weeks. Uh, but uh, lately, it's actually been pretty good. I think part of the problem was that I ran out of quarantine hobbies very early on because you know mm-hmm. we expected this to last three weeks not 17 so i started a new one and now i'm roller skating yeah you sent me the picture of you in your new roller skates that's awesome yeah dude yeah and i found out uh these are the same roller skates they wear at sonic drive through oh cool by the way i didn't even know they wore roller skates at sonic drive through wait really (laughs) no i mean well okay the nearest one is in gilroy yeah uh so that's about a 20 minute drive and while I'm perfectly willing to drive 20 minutes for good fast food, for some reason, I just don't think of Sonic. Like, I'll go to Doghouse. Uh, that's up in Fremont. That's also about 20 minutes. But uh, I never think to go south. South basically doesn't exist around here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, Sonic, I wouldn't say is good drive through but they have tots. So. I like the, I like a place where you can get... I like a place where you can get a good, um, good hot dog... And then, yeah, the tater tots really do help as well. Uh, and then they have, like, their mixed drinks are pretty good, too. Like, it's not the greatest food in the world, but I wouldn't, I don't think I would say it's a 20-minute drive worth going down towards. Unless you really want tots, which I yeah. always want tots, so. <laughs> well, guess what place has tater tots? Doghouse. So there you go. Yeah, there's a Although, bunch of places up here that actually that serve tater tots. They had, mm-hmm. um obviously way before the quarantine happened um they had like a tater tot taste test day or something in one of the like downtown areas up here i think like that's really clever yeah yeah so i can't remember how long ago that was or where it was or anything like that all i know is that it it existed (laughs) (laughs) it was a thing that happened (laughs) relics of a better day that's like um Around here, they do, at San Pedro Square, maybe once or twice a year, they'll do a whiskey of the world tasting thing or whatever, where you spend, I think it's like $80 per ticket to go in. But then you get unlimited whiskey, like, uh, and they have a bunch of local distilleries and national distilleries and things like that showing off their best product. I've never been because I'm not really a whiskey person, but uh, several of our friends are whiskey folks, and they, they really like going. Maybe they'll do one in this year. Who knows? uh let me know because disembodied hand and well just disembodied hand doesn't drink but disembodied foot really likes whiskeys too and so do a couple of our friends and oh right on yeah yeah let you know the next time they do one also because that san pedro square if any of you live in the san jose area san pedro square has really good food i think they are currently open for takeout I don't know. It's kind of weird because the way that thing is set up, it's set up on an old bakery. And uh, basically the two buildings that used to be part of the bakery 
now have a whole bunch of little tiny restaurants inside of them, like a little food court. Not just and restaurants, a- though. They have like a a tattoo parlor and a hair salon and like other things in there too. But well, I know they have a hair salon. I didn't know they had a tattoo parlor. I thought That's they have a tattoo or parlor. Super old. Maybe, Maybe it was super old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, also right now none of that stuff is open. Yeah. Uh, I heard the food though. You could. Uh, order ahead come and pick it up and then go eat it and so i'm thinking about doing that but uh, i always forget yeah. i gotta do it uh on a tuesday or something after after work well and a lot of places up here have um so even in um downtown sac like they have closed down some smaller streets to create outdoor seating for different restaurants um like over by gunters uh which is like super famous ice cream in the area um they have this place called Pangea and Pangea Beer House. And so they basically set up a beer garden in the street because they got a permit from the city in order to do that. And we ate there the other day and their food's really good too. Um, hashtag no ad, but you know. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, no ad, and, but extremely open to being an ad. <laughs> um, but yeah, Give we us were talking. Gunters. Sorry. But we were talking to them, Nick. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to get us some money. You're you're just trying to talk. <laughs> Weird. It's like this is a podcast where we talk. Um, uh, what's that like? Sorry, go on. You were talking to them. <laughs> so we were talking to them, and they said that they were able to get a permit in like two hours, and basically set up at four o'clock that afternoon. Like it was like the city's really trying to do right by the businesses, which is really cool to see and kind of hear because it's like a little glimmer of hope for some of these smaller businesses, you know. So yeah, it was neat. It is, and they're doing that around here. There's places you can eat outside, but at least with the folks in this area, I don't trust any of them. Uh, there was a club just recently. Uh, hmm, I'm not gonna name it, but fuck them. Uh, they were they so things are slightly open for outdoor stuff. This club was decided we're open for all of the stuff, and mm-hmm. so. They've been having big crowded parties and everything. It's just like, what is wrong with you people? Honestly, that's Ugh. the thing, right? Like, and I was talking to one of my um, WoW guildmates last night about this. Is basically like, people are how it should have been from the beginning. Is people should have made it a human issue. It should never have been politicized, um, because we all need to worry about each other, not just self. Right. And like, that's what wearing a mask is about. That's what Mm -hmm. doing all these things are to try and protect each other. Right. Because we don't know how it's going to affect the average person, really, even still. Like, we don't know if you possibly have some kind of immune system thing that's going to make it that much worse for you or whatever the case may be. And they're even seeing it in younger people. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's one of those things where it should have been, hey, let's take politics completely fucking out of it, which they didn't do from the start, <laughs> and just be like, you know what? Protect your neighbor. Protect yourself. Let's all get through this together. 
and that should have been the only message and should be the message going forward. And it's just, it's been so politicized. It's been so uh, just sickening, really, yeah. how it's well, how it's been handled. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, in the year 2020, uh, give just giving a shit about other people is political. There's right. a reckoning coming forward for that. But yeah, like like the idea, some of it is genuine ignorance is people saying, well, I don't, I'm not afraid of getting sick, so I'm not going to wear a mask. And it's like, well, you don't wear it so you don't get sick. You wear it so that other people don't get sick. Right. But they just don't see that because they're incapable of seeing things outside of their solipsistic view of, well... I got my freedom, and uh, I don't want to be tyrannized. I'm more than willing to let 140,000 other people die. But the problem, <sighs> the problem is, is that our government didn't take the time to set the example. They mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't oh, put yeah, that no. message out there, right? They did not make that the only clear and resounding message. Our media failed us. Our our government has failed us immensely it's just all such a mess and that's why the rest of the world is looking at us like how do you not have this handled (laughs) like the fuck (laughs) yeah but like we need haircuts so (laughs) i have not had my haircut since i think this early december and you know what yeah i need a haircut but you know what i'm not gonna do get my haircut yeah i'm just gonna wait yeah and it'll just keep getting longer and longer and that's gross as hell but hey who am i trying to impress at this point <laughs> well there was actually a story of um these two hairdressers i believe i believe they were in austin or something like that or maybe dallas i think they were in texas um they both were like you know what we have covid we're gonna wear masks we're gonna wear mm-hmm. face shields um, if you want to get your hair cut still, we will do it. Um, and they had something like a hundred people, a hundred and nine people, I think was like the exact number or something like that. Come, not a single one contracted it because they were all they took all the necessary precautions. Yeah. And it's just like oh, no. okay. Like I know it's a small sample, but like just fucking do it, people you know exactly like that's the thing that's what's the most frustrating thing about this is that remember let's let's time travel back to march when they said hey guys there are three cases in in the santa clara county area where i live there's three cases so we're gonna shut down for three weeks everyone shelters in place and then this will all blow over it'll all go away and if people had just done that We'd be done by now. We would we would right now, you and I oh never mind. I'm looking at the date. In one week's time, you and I would be going to Indiana and eating fried pork chops. Uh we would have I would have uh gone to my company work event uh for the summer event. Um I would be able to go see a movie, which I'd be able to see my baby cousins. Oh, I didn't know you had baby cousins. Yeah. They're in North Carolina. Oh my god. Well, they just moved to North Carolina, and I want to see them so bad, but I'm not about to fly anywhere. Oh, yeah, of course not. Yeah. uh, Eastern or Western North Carolina? Uh. Because there is a city in North Carolina that I just learned about that makes Portland look like uh, this uptight community, and I kind of want to see it, but on the other hand, 
I realized that if I went to Asheville, that's that's the city. If I went to Asheville, I would probably be sick and tired of all of the weird people within maybe <laughs> about two days. Yeah, they're uh, not in Asheville. Um, uh, yeah, but they um, they only just moved there. They moved there during yeah. the like during the whole pandemic because <laughs> well because he had to move for his job. So um, yeah, they had to sell in Arkansas and then move to North Carolina. So. Oh, those people. Hey, that's much better because Arkansas is not a fun place to be. I mean, there's nature. But the thing about nature is there's a lot of it everywhere. Well, and so North Carolina has nature as well. Yeah, they love it there. And they live like kind of by like a small man-made lake, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, or maybe yeah. it's an actual lake. I don't know. But yeah. they live near there. So the boys get to play in the water a lot and stuff. And they love it. So Yeah, this is a decent upgrade. Like, that's the thing is... I have been one of the few things that we can do right now is hiking. So I've been hiking more and more lately. And I it's funny. I was talking to my roommate about this because he is about to go hiking for his first day off of 2020. He's going to go hiking um, in a uh, I think in Castle Rock, which is full of big old trees. And to me, the idea of Castle Rock is just kind of like eh, it's a lot of trees. I we were talking about our personal styles and mine is in the you know, the, the hilly Fremont older kind of thing, or the, the sections around here, not a whole lot of trees, but a lot of big open vistas. I like those kinds of, of, uh, hiking trails. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'm more of a trees person, I think because yeah. I like the shade, but it, it just feels, I don't know, like, uh, for me, it feels a little bit more one with nature rather than, mm. uh, like, excluded from it in a way almost uh like with big big vistas obviously they're beautiful but it makes you yeah. feel really small and disconnected in my opinion whereas That's why I like, don't like whereas like hiking amongst the trees and everything uh it just yeah it feels very much more i, I don't know almost a community sense uh, just one with nature like i said you know <laughs> That's really interesting because one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I don't like beaches, uh, the ocean, or presumably the Grand Canyon, though I've never been, oh, it's is beautiful. that they are... Oh, I'm sure it is, but also it's so big and makes me feel so small and meaningless. Right. Uh, so, uh, and fills me with existential dread and terror. So I try and avoid those places. But I think the reason that I like the, uh, the, the vistas of, say, I keep getting super granular and specific... Uh, with uh, Fremont Older, specifically the Rainbow Knoll Trail, which I discovered last time around, uh, is that you get up to the top of the hill or whatever, and you can see the valley below you, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm still within civilization. And I love cities. I love suburbs. I am one of the greatest things that they updated in 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons is that they made rangers, but they made city rangers. Like, you, they realize, oh yeah, a city is just another type of uh, natural environment that you can uh, you can specialize in. So I am a city ranger. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I enjoy them. I feel a little bit uncomfortable uh, with that many trees around me. I mean, I'll deal with it, whatever. Like, I'm sure, pff, give me like two more weeks of this and I'll probably go down to Castle Rock myself just because it's something new. But in the meantime, mm, nah, I like a big old vista. Well, I like city vistas too, especially at night with all the city lights. But yeah, but it's surprising to me that you like 
big cities and vistas and uh, suburbs and things like that having anxiety. That's interesting. It's yeah, right. It is interesting. And one of the weird paradoxes is Comic-Con. I even before I was diagnosed, even before everything else with, you know, where you're crammed in with all of those people and everything, you would think that that would increase anxiety. No, it just it disappeared. And I kind of rationalized it. I don't know. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's not. Uh, I kind of rationalized it in the sense that it's because when you have that many people around you, they're just terrain. They're not even people. They're, they don't see you as a person. You're just a moving tree, essentially. And I'm like, and to me, they are also moving trees. Or maybe it's more like a river of people. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. But it, yeah, I've always, I've always been at home with very, very large crowds. Uh, unless they're huge crowds of white people. And then I'm like, mm, someone's going to start la- line dancing soon. And I don't know how I feel about that. See, that's so funny because I've I've always it's gotten better over the years, but um, especially when I was younger, I cannot do big crowds. Like it wears me down, and I mm-hmm. I can't stand it. I just I need to get away. I need to take a break. I need to find like a quiet little quiet-ish little corner, and just kind of like be in my own little world for a bit. Were you uh, feeling that even at um, TwitchCon? Oh, immensely so at TwitchCon, immensely so at BlizzCon. BlizzCon's not so bad, though, because you've got different places to kind of move and shuffle. How it's laid out is a little different. Um, But there's also some really quiet, nice little corners in the Anaheim Convention Center. So, yeah, yeah, it's not so bad. But TwitchCon especially, like... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the San Jose Convention Center is not particularly well put together for quiet little nooks. There are places, but the thing is because those places that everyone kind of knows about are there, everyone kind of flocks to them, which sort of defeats the purpose of those quiet spaces. Yeah. So, well, what's your question this week? Oh, that's that's actually just what I was about to segue towards. <laughs> so, this is one Well, with, I did it uh, for you. Up- yeah you got my back got your back got your back um this is what i've been thinking about for a while and i've asked a couple of friends because it's a it's an interesting one is what if anything would you change about the human body uh and to be completely clear and specific not necessarily your human body we're talking just to the human animal body so anything you say will apply to everyone okay and keep it keep in mind as well magical Oh, yeah, it can be anything, because I was also going to say, just keep in mind that, like, the human brain is a part of the human body. So there are, you know, you could add, I don't want to say programs, because that sounds weird, but you can add routines and things like that to the brain or take them away. Um, So I would make parts. it so that the brain, uh, like, healthy food would register as yummy and tasty, like, kind of junk food, as opposed to junk food registering as yummy and tasty i get what you oh that's a good one and theoretically possible too because if you could just i don't know pour some sort of like chemical or something onto the part of your brain that registers this is yummy food when you're eating say seaweed uh then your brain will think this is yummy seaweed not this is this is seaweed and it tastes like dried out salt gross yeah so i would reprogram the brains so that we could all be healthier and 
be happy at the same time like not just happy because we're healthier which obviously there's a direct correlation to eating well and uh being a happier more content person in life um there there's so many studies about how depression is linked or like um aggravated by certain foods and kind of lifestyles right Mm -hmm. um so not only would we be happier because we're healthier, but also we'd just be happier because we'd all look and feel better and just kind of, you know, be our best version of ourselves. So it's also an interesting environmental knock on effect with that, where if you could make a I don't know why I'm so fixated on seaweed, but if you could make like a kelp patty or whatever and make it taste like a really good hamburger. Or make my brain think, hmm, this is a yummy, yummy hamburger. I am just as pleased with this. Then all of a sudden, we don't need cows. Uh, we might still need some for milk and whatever. But uh, we could we could pretty much do away entirely with industrialized farming, which is creating huge man-made well, uh, uh, environmental change. I mean, Well, that would get away. Or I'm sorry. You would, would be need able industrial to just... farming for all the veggies and everything still. And yeah. apparently well, that's actually... seaweed, because apparently that's a big part of your diet. But <laughs> <laughs> you're, yeah. Well, it, same thing if we made it out of corn. But uh, the interesting thing about the environmental impact of like beef, for example, and Jim, don't get me wrong. I love beef. I eat beef all the time. I ate uh, two, t- uh, not Taco Bell. I ate two Jack in the Box tacos just now, and there may not be any actual beef inside of those. Oh, but I like to think that there is. No, they're they've said before what they they had to come out with what they're made with, and it's some kind of like, I'm pretty sure they're actually vegan. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Hold on, I'll look it up while you say what you're gonna yeah. say. They are at the very least vegetarian, vegan, if you could uh, if you could get rid of the cheese. But what I was going to say is, so every cow that we slaughter for food requires so much uh, food to feed it, right? Like it requires a whole bunch of hay, a whole bunch of oats, whatever. I don't know exact grass. And that is land. Basically, if we just grew human food on the land that we grow cow food on, we would have more than enough food to feed everyone in the in the world. Now, that's a huge sacrifice for the rest of us to make. Like I said, I love beef. I love pork. I love chicken. I love... Uh, do I love lamb? I don't know. But I love animal food, so don't get me wrong. I'm not judging anyone who eats food. God, we were talking... How many times could we talk about ribs if we were doing this, uh, that, that um, barbecue draft again? Uh, so, yeah, I, I love it. But the thing of it is, like, that's a lot of room that we use just to make the food or just to make the animal that makes the food that we eat. So it's a lot of it says made with beef and chicken, but there's a lot of soy protein in there as well oh, to okay. act as filler. So I don't know how much actual beef and chicken is in there, but there's definitely a lot of soy protein. So essentially, if you're a pescatarian and you think this is vegetarian, uh, you could probably eat one of those tacos. Maybe, but there's beef yeah. in there, so you couldn't. Oh, yeah. It says yeah, made well, with beef and chicken, but then there's a lot of so- soy. So. Yeah. Well, my, <clears throat> my thing about pescatarians is they say they're vegetarian, but they're not because vegetarian is, hey, I only eat 
I eat no meat in my diet. I eat only vegetables. And when you're a pescatarian, it's like, I'm a vegetarian, except for the one main thing that I do eat some meat. And it's like, well, then you're not a vegetarian. Well, no, you don't so eat if you could... some meat if you're a pescatarian. You eat fish meat. Yeah, but yeah. that's not meat meat. Like, that's not beef and chicken. You're right. It's, it's so seafood. That, that's not... Those wouldn't be pescatarian tacos either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you can convince <laughs> yourself that being pescatarian is like being vegetarian is what I'm trying to say. No, I was actually pescatarian for a long time because I just didn't yeah. like red meat when I was a kid. So yeah. I would only totally eat fair. fish. But. That's a totally fair and valid thing. I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on pescatarians. I just think it's funny when pescatarians are like, I am just as healthy and, and conscious as a, uh, as a vegetarian. It's like, well... Yeah, but you're still eating meat. Well, no, but it's fish. But it's, yeah, fish meat. Yeah, but it's still meat. Fish is much healthier yep. for you. <laughs> it is. So I mean, they are being really healthy still. If Maybe, they actually stick to it and eat yeah. healthy on top of being a pescatarian, because I've known plenty of vegans, quote unquote, who, you know, eat basically like super starchy you know foods all the time and that's all Potatoes. they'll eat and i'm like okay you might be a vegan but you're definitely not eating healthy <laughs> you know <laughs> like there's a big difference between any of these diet choices and eating healthy so you okay. have to well, do both you. if you're doing it for health reasons I'll totally agree with you on that. If that's the reason someone's pescatarian or just that they don't like red meat. Like we have a friend who just will only eat chicken. Doesn't like beef. Doesn't like, uh, she Do might we? eat seafood. Uh, yes. Our friend Shelby's fiance. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've she yet to meet just, her. So, oh, she's great. Yeah. And from outside of, uh, Asheville. So I, next time I see her, I need to ask. So what was it like growing up with all the weird people well i wonder <laughs> how how it got there you know how soon it got there like um in in what you know was it recent history because i mean even like my hometown has changed a whole bunch you know so it's yeah yeah it's it's interesting because apparently the way so the show that i was watching united shades of america uh they went to Asheville because it's so far removed that there's plenty of people who decide I just don't want to live here anymore. And then they go up into the mountains, build themselves a lean-to, and just live off the land for a while. Hmm. Uh, and they made it sound like, uh, at least from the people they interviewed on the streets, they made it sound like, yeah, they've been there for, for a while. Huh. Well, that's yeah, cool. It's, I mean, it seems like, like if you... Teach their own, you know, like we oh, all yeah. also said in a previous podcast, you know, it's like, hey, you're not oh, harming totally. anyone. Do, do, your own, do the damn thing, you know? absolutely and while yeah. i was watching this show i it came immediately clear to me that i mean i never pitied them uh because it's like hey you want to do what you want to do like one of them was an environmental lawyer and he decided one day i just realized we're not going to have an environment anymore so i want to go enjoy it while it lasts it's like wow that's a great way of uh of of deciding how you want to live your life and he eats acorn mush but it's like hey if he likes it whatever well, that is like my uh, dad actually wanted to be an environmental lawyer for those reasons, because one of his mentors was a really renowned uh, environmental lawyer in California. And uh, and so he wanted to go into it. But, you know, he's also driven by money. And yeah. um, so he didn't do that. Um, There's no money in doing the right thing. 
but um but he did do a lot of pro bono work Mm -hmm. for some really good organizations to kind of counteract you know and and that sort of thing and so um he did a lot of work when he was still practicing for like the peninsula open space and stuff like that so man i wish i know it's a much bigger project than um than it sounds or you know but the the goal, as far as I was told, is to link up all of those trails so that you could uh, do one long circuit of the Bay Area. Yeah, that's been the goal for many years, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. So... It'll never... I'm not going to say it'll never happen. It's one of those things that's going to take decades to get to to, to to get going because there's always going to be someone who's like, well, I don't want you on my land. It's like, well, they have really? done that in the Sacramento area a lot. Like, they have this um, bike trail that's basically all along the river um, from, what is it? I think from Folsom Lake all the way down to downtown Sac and beyond. So you can literally bike the whole river and circle the lake and then go all the way back down the other side. Like, it's kind of insane, their trail system. That's pretty cool. Do you know roughly the size of that trail like how long it would take you if you were hiking it how long it would take you to hike it no idea i mean it's mm, not it's not you could do it in a full yeah. day oh okay like because yeah it's oh, it's oh. not so long that um you couldn't if you started really really early you could get it done i don't know about hiking it maybe if you had some jogging in there as well um but you could potentially do it in a day interesting because that's one of the things if they ever do manage to link up all the trails in the bay area uh i would like even though i'm not that much of a of a nature person i would love to just take the circuit hike which i think like i looked at the amount of time it would take and i think it would take like two weeks or something like that minimum i'm like hell yeah dude i just walk around for two weeks especially because in the bay area Worst case scenario, I could always go off the trail, get a hotel room at the end of the night, and just be like, all right, I'm going to sleep here. I'm going to sleep out in the forest. Gross. (laughs) So, like, kind of, uh, what would that be? Like, liking? Glamorous Um, hiking? (laughs) I don't know. They're actually, so, so, the, the Camino, Camino Santiago, the Way of St. James, is a path that goes from Santiago in the... Santiago de Compostela in northwest Spain, Galicia, and goes all the way up to at least the French border. I think actually the Camino starts in like south, like extreme southwest France, and that's about a month long hike. But the thing is, when if you go through the way of St. James, you'll go through like total city cities or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I think you, it may even go through eh, Madrid is a little spent central, but like, it'll go through some, Oh, Barcelona, for example, uh, Barcelona. Nope, Barcelona. <laughs> Funny. You should mention that money heist is great because they speak Spanish, but they speak Spain Spanish. So I keep hearing gracias and nice. things like that. I'm just like, this is not at all what I'm used to hearing. But yeah. Um, yeah, point being, there is a large city that you go through uh, when you take it. And you can stay in hotels the entire time. Uh, most of the time, though, you stay in little hostels or you camp on the side of the road. It's a religious pilgrimage. So if you take a yeah. religious pilgrimage and decide, you know, I'm going to stay at this Hilton every night, you might be missing the point of the pilgrimage. But, well, uh, I yeah. actually have a good family friend who did that pilgrimage. Oh, so, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So I've heard of I- it and... Yeah, he was gone for a long time and 
did that. I have wanted to do it since I learned about it by watching a movie with Martin Sheen and Emilio Estevez, the father-son Emilio! <laughs> called, what the hell is that? That's from a, uh, one of the uh, Will Ferrell movies. I can't remember oh. which one. It, it, I don't... I can't remember. Sorry. I've seen all... No, that's funny because I've seen... I don't feel like I've seen all of them and I can't place it either. But, uh, oh, what if it's probably uh, Casa de mi Padre? No, um, it's not. Because I, uh, I haven't seen that one. Maybe it's uh, not Will Ferrell. Oh, God, I can't remember now. I'll, I'll look it up Google later. Movie shouting Emilio. Um, but the movie with Emilio and Martin Sheen was called The Way. And it was actually a pretty interesting movie. Uh, a very low-key Catholic movie that wasn't in your face about it. But it was all just about, like, this guy going on, on the, the trip uh, after his son dies on like the first day of it. Um, so to reconnect with his kid, I was like, that sounds really neat. I would like to do that someday. Uh, it but was... unfortunately, Oh, sorry. But unfortunately, no, I would say, but unfortunately can't fly to Spain right now. Also yeah. can't afford to take a month off so that I can go hiking through the Northern Spanish, uh, coastline. Yeah. And I can only imagine even when they do open back up, prices are just going to friggin skyrocket. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a Will Ferrell movie. It was one of his originals. It was Night at the Roxbury. Oh, okay. That's the that's one of the few that I haven't seen. Yeah. We watched it at work a couple of times back when I worked at Suncoast, but I never actually saw it. Yeah. But you still need to answer the question. Yep. So <laughs> I'll give you the... So these are the much better answers that my friends came up with, and I feel bad that my answers are so much more trivial. One came up with the idea of perfectly straight, smooth nostrils, which would get rid of deviated septums. It would get rid of oh. a lot of breathing problems. It would make it a lot easier to keep clean, all these other things. And it's just like, and then also everyone's nose would be roughly about the same shape and size. So you wouldn't have weird big old potato noses or whatever, which I like. But at the same time, we would just find other things to like about people's faces. So I was like, that's a, not a bad idea. No, imagine just a world with no more snoring. Yeah, wow. oh my gosh, that would be amazing. So. Yeah. Uh, that friend's boyfriend came up with a second heart because the rest of our body is pretty darn uh, redundant. You know, I'm sorry, not redundant, has redundancy. So if something fails or goes bad, you got a backup. You don't have a backup heart. True. But then also think, like this was my contribution to that. I was like, man, think about it. If your heart... If you had two hearts, one heart would only have to work half as much. So basically you would have half the wear and tear on your heart and probably a lot less heart disease, a lot less other stuff. You'd be able to be more active and have plenty of stamina. I'm like, dang, that's a good idea. Maybe. My, I don't yeah. know. Because, I mean, there would also have to be a lot of other factors to support that heart. Like maybe more blood in our bodies, uh, like maybe more lung capacity. I don't know. Like, you know how it's all connected. So, yeah. Yeah. The baked into the assumption on this uh, is, or well, that's not how you say those words. The assumption baked into this question is whatever you choose, it works. So if you okay. needed, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have, I should have added I mean, that, like, but that's whatever. That's why I asked. Is magic okay? <laughs> yes. You know, like switching yeah. how things taste in our own heads is kind of magical. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
You, hey, this is a, a completely open-ended question. So if you decided, I think the ability to throw fireballs would be pretty nice. Be like, hell yeah, dude. Or uh, uh, the ability no, to... No, we would all yeah, kill each other. There's yeah. no way. We're already killing each other by not wearing masks. Let's not yeah. throw if fireballs we, yeah. into the mix. <laughs> yeah, imagine road rage if your car could just explode. Oh, um, no, this is the running joke. Because I used to have really bad road rage when I was younger. <laughs> and I found it was just because I was living in the Bay Area. Um, <laughs> because I don't have it now so much as I'm older and in the Sacramento area where traffic is not so bad. Um, but, uh, I used to, I, I have a thing about talking on the phone whenever I'm driving, um, like over my Bluetooth, of course, but, oh, yeah, yeah. um, but I, that's when I have most of my conversations. It's when I also get business done, you know, just like everything. Um, and, uh, I one time said, like, I wish I had a rocket launcher on my car for these <laughs> kind of situations. And my friend was like, you of all people should not have this. <laughs> I was like, yeah, probably right. <laughs> uh, crap. I lost my train of thought. You were talking about one. fireballs on your hands. Oh, Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. The other thing I was going to say is just the ability to fly would be really nice. But that's not even one of the ones I came up with. The one that I came up with was, and yeah, it seems really trivial now, is just like a save setting. So let's say I get my hair cut or every Sunday I shave because I don't like shaving, but also I hate having facial hair. Uh, but also it grows in slowly enough that I should shave twice a week. But I don't want to wake up early in the morning to do that. So I wait until Sunday uh, and do it in the morning and it would be nice to just be able to I don't know click a setting on my brain or whatever and just be like all right your face is not going to grow anymore I get a haircut all right lock it in your face your your hair is not going to grow anymore until you decide I want a new type of hair just we have it in video games imagine like if you were like the sims where you could just go to a building and then change up your facial hair uh, I guess all body hair. Why not? Let's live the life. If you don't want to shave your legs ever again, you can just be like, all right, let's just get it to the level of smoothness that I'm happy with and then freeze until I decide let's let it grow a little bit more. That would be so great. Okay. Yeah. The other one that I came up with that I would have enjoyed is a button in your brain you could press just to go to sleep. <laughs> that way you, you, aren't, yeah. you aren't lying in bed for 20 minutes being like, all right, I'm going to fall asleep eventually. Oh, that person was really loud. That's annoying. That's going to keep me up for another 20 minutes. You just push this button, boop, and then you go to sleep. And then you wake up as normal. So if that loud noise would have woken you up, you wake up. If God, your alarm so goes dangerous, off. that would be so dangerous, though. Well, I mean, it's a... Yeah, they have to a have button. a built-in, like, kind of fire alarm system or, you know, carbon monoxide detector or something, oh. too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be anything that would wake you up normally is still going to wake you up. I'm just saying what I would like is to skip that 20 minutes where I'm tossing and turning. Right. And just, I want to go to bed right now. Push. Okay. And then if carbon monoxide would normally wake me up, whoop, going to uh, gonna wake up because there's carbon monoxide. I don't know. Well, no, the carbon been... monoxide detector would wake you up because carbon monoxide, that's why it's such a horrible oh. killer is because it's undetectable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I had a carbon monoxide detector, which I think I do, I'm looking at something right now that is at least you're a supposed fire alarm. to. If, if your building a, is up to code, 
there's a thing over my door. It may be a fire alarm. It may be a smoke detector. It may be a carbon monoxide detector. Maybe all three in one. I don't know. Uh, did I take the batteries out of it? I may have taken the batteries out of it. Oh, good. <laughs> one of the first things I do when I move Jesus. into a place, this is not a joke, because I take the batteries out of all of those. Because eventually the batteries go bad, and then <sighs> you just, yeah, it's Nick. fine. No, that's not fine. <laughs> like, I'm an American. I can do what do, I want. That, oh, my God, Nick. <laughs> okay, we're done talking about this. <laughs> I'm joking anyway. Yeah, that's fine. Anyway, we'll move on to our, our uh, unless, is there anything else that you've thought of, any other changes you would make now that you've had a little bit more time and some fantasy ideas? A uh, fantasy idea? I wish we could teleport ourselves. I mean, that would just be so much easier. I'd prefer that to flying. But... I, that's really funny you should mention that because that's a thing that I have thought about for a while is which would I rather be able to do? instantaneous teleportation anywhere in the world or flight and i think actually flying if not well i guess it depends because what if i could because that would mean i could teleport onto a ladder or something because i'm thinking like oh flying would be really useful for like screwing in light bulbs that are high on a vaulted ceiling but like why not just be like all right i'm just going to teleport up there and uh, real fast oh, and then fall all right that's not a great idea but i think i would personally i think i would prefer flight you're wrong, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree to disagree, though, because, man, teleportation would be so useful. It's part of it is, though, it'd be broken as hell. Like, there's got to be some sort of limitation on it. Like, me, even if just line-of-sight teleportation like uh, Nightcrawler has or whatever. But, uh, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't put that kind of limitation on it. There would have to be some kind of material that could block teleportation. Yeah. Right? Like... So that bank vaults and things like that could have that like material to block people from being able to teleport into them. Like in D&D, how they have areas where it's just like, all right, this castle, you can't use magic to get into it. You have to actually walk up to it. That way your house is still secure. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Although if I could fly, it would be like could, Santa Claus. But if you could like turn that off if you wanted to so that you know certain people could teleport into your house that's fine too yeah 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 that way you can let folks in or if there were just designated oh never mind that's a bad idea i was gonna say designated areas where people teleport to and from but then i started thinking about i don't know if you ever played quake but quake had uh teleporters in it and if two people use a teleporter at the same time the one of them would be telefragged and just explode so oh. i don't think i would want that yeah yeah no <laughs> but that was fun in quake just like all right i can't shoot very well so i'm just gonna run from teleporter to teleporter and eventually i'll get someone <laughs> <laughs> wow of course you play that way <laughs> uh, 1997 was a fun year anyway we'll move on to our our main topic this time which is another installment of the movie club yeah we watched Palm Springs, which is a Hulu original that came out as of this recording, like one, maybe two weeks ago. I didn't actually look at the, the date as of the airing of this about a month or so. Um, yeah, I hadn't heard nothing about it going in other than it was better than people expected. Had you heard anything about it? Um, I, I think maybe one person brought it up to me at some point, but no, I hadn't heard much about it. I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know anything about it, really. Yeah, yeah. But then that when I saw Andy Samberg was in it, I thought it was going to be some silly, dumb comedy, and I was like, mm, I don't know if uh -oh. I'm going to like this. 
<laughs> oh boy then in that case i will not recommend uh pop star never stop never stop and i love that movie but that is the quintessential dumb andy sandberg movie <laughs> yeah see i'm kind of over that humor like I, I still find it funny to a certain mm-hmm. extent but i i it's so overdone now oh yeah well i like it so if i see a movie that's going to be a dumb comedy i need some heart to it which is part yes. of the reason why I like Never Stop, Never Stop, and because it is about friendship and all that other kind of stuff. So, all right, I'm down with that. But yeah, I never need to see um, a Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison type movie I, again. I will watch those again because I have nostalgic connections with them. But if a new one came out, I'd just be kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. That where it has to be really well done, dumb, kind of like, uh, do you remember Airplane? Yeah. Yeah, I could watch an Airplane style movie 10 times uh but uh yeah i don't know it's very hit or miss uh, yeah. what goes on with comedy but this one had a good deal of heart to it and had some fun dumb stuff uh especially in the middle which i really enjoyed yeah uh, but uh, yeah okay so we're gonna we from this point on we'll be spoiling it yeah so, so please it, stop listening go watch it and then start it again if yep. you would like to do so download it two maybe three times so that you can listen to it over and over and over yeah (laughs) um yeah i thoroughly enjoyed this movie it was Mm -hmm. the perfect blend of comedy like you're saying and heart like you're also saying um i i mean i really like rom-coms in general yes and this one was a fun one right it was Mm -hmm. very well done it wasn't too cheesy by any means and i think it was it was more real um even though it was <laughs> about a um kind of groundhog day scenario where this cave teleports them back in time and doesn't let them die and you know it, but aside from all that it it had a very real realness to it in that um kind of the relationship and the unrequited love and kind of not knowing if if that person feels the way you do and kind of not being able to say it and you know it it, that all felt very relatable in a lot of ways for sure yeah and as far as it being realistic i like the way you put that where like okay obviously the idea of a time loop caused by a magic cave uh isn't a real thing but <laughs> i mean if you can just that accept we know that, of <laughs> yeah that we know of it could it could be, oh that's something that i was going to ask you that's you know how we do a uh, a question at the end of the movie club put a pin in that um yeah it's not a real thing but uh uh if you can accept that as a plot point just be like yeah no this is how it's going to happen like i mean star wars none of that's real but you don't you know, you just accept that there are ships that can go through space and people have magic powers with light swords. Right. If you just accept that basic assumption, this is very realistic. This is how people would react. One person would be in there so long that it's just become a nihilistic, I don't want to say torture, but just an existence that is unbearable. Another right. person has been in there so long that they resent the person who brought them in. And then this third person is like, oh, my God, what the hell is this? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What is this craziness? And then trying to adjust to it, mm-hmm. but then not accepting that as their reality and working towards making it not their reality. Right. Yeah. And I am. I am personally a sucker for uh, time loop movies and plots. Um 
some of the greats, obviously, as you said, Groundhog Day, but also, um, uh oh, Live Die Repeat. I think that's the name. Oh, of I've it. never seen that. What's, it's the one with uh, Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise, and I say that you probably already knew the movie, but I say that because I actually always kind of forget the name. I think Live Die Repeat is the Japanese name, and the American name is something completely different. But dude, Live Die Repeat that that's a strong ass title. <laughs> No, it's but, uh, called Live, Die, Repeat, and I oh. have not seen it, or I've never even heard of it. Hmm, I wonder what the Japanese name is. It doesn't matter. It's probably some like, oh, it's All You Need Is Kill, which I can understand why uh, they didn't really go with that for, for this uh, this time around, or for the American release. We might have taken that a little too literally. But anyway, but I love a good movie along those lines, because it's kind of, it's, the time loop is always a metaphor for the fact that, yeah, your life is a routine and you can either deal with that or you can't. And right now, especially in this time, all of our lives are, are a routine where we're just kind of nihilistically at this point, like, wake up, do whatever it is you do in the morning, get in that pool, wait around until you've uh, you got the wedding and then you go to bed. And that is all of our lives right now. So it serves as a bit of a metaphor of that and the fact that you need to break free from it or... You need to find, like Roy does later on in the movie, spoiler, uh, he just finds a way to appreciate the, the life that he has, and he's happy living in Irvine and just relaxing with his daughters and his kid who's watering a piece of poop, because that's what kids do. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, And he just has this beautiful revelation. Like, that was one of the moments... There were many moments in this movie where... I'm like, oh, wow, I like this. I like this a lot. And it really increased my things that they didn't do or things that they did do. Uh, and that was one of them where he realized, you know, I've been causing so much pain to you, uh, Niles. I kept thinking it was Miles with an M. I don't know. Uh, I, I've been causing so much pain to you. And when I finally felt that myself, I realized, oh, God, what have I been doing? And so I just kind of learn to love the life that I have because we don't know how long it's been uh, right. that uh, since yeah like how long I mean did master interdimensional physics one day at a time that's got to take a couple of years at least so well and he day. said even towards the end of the movie that they had hooked up actually thousands of oh, times yeah. and so it's like um how much time is that then <laughs> because he also hooked up with other people so mm -hmm. yeah it's been a long time <laughs> yeah and that's the thing is it's been so long that uh it's possible he was faking it or maybe he was just high on mushrooms and couldn't remember it at the time but from what we see he doesn't even remember what his job was before he he did this and it's like you got to imagine how long would that be before you uh before you just forget that i work at this place and i do this thing right well and what's so great i love that he forgot where he works but he remembered he had a dog mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> well yeah because you're gonna think about fred every day yeah uh you're not gonna think about work every day i yeah. also one of the other little touches that i loved is when she asks him what uh where did where did what did you do before all of this and he says oh i don't remember there's a moment where he's like panicking. You can right. see it. it's a very subtle thing where he's like panicking and realizing I've been here so long that I don't even remember my life. This this thing that used to be important to me is now gone. And that realization of what else have I forgotten about? Right. 
yeah that's that was really well i it was a level of acting i did not really expect well and i thought not only was the acting great but i also thought um the reveals throughout were really fantastic Mm -hmm. and really well timed right like it was like the moment that she woke up in the groom's bed and all that kind of stuff you know like the different little shock things all throughout you're like oh god (laughs) you know like and just uh, the way that they built the story was really well done uh overall but oh yeah the point that got me was uh when was it the grandma when she's like i know (laughs) you're going soon and I was like, wait, what? Is she in this time loop as well? What the F? <laughs> like, you know, in that, that moment for me, I was like, I want to know more. <laughs> but yeah, we'll never know. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, um, it's, it's great that you mentioned her waking up in the groom's bed every time because that was the moment that I realized I really got her as a character. Yeah. Like before that, she you more or less see her through Andy Sam, um, through... What, what is her name? Sarah. You mostly see Sarah through the eyes of my... Niles. Not Miles. Niles. I just... <laughs> I don't know. I love Fraser. I think about Fraser once a day. How can I not remember the name of his brother, Niles? Uh, you see her mostly through Niles's eyes, but that's the moment where you start to get... Where you see, oh, she isn't just the wild, drunk child that she described herself as... There's reasons why she's reacting so uh, so bad every day, because every single day she has to wake up and realize this is the worst thing that I've ever done. And there's no getting around it. Like, yeah, Niles, every day he wakes up, he's got to realize I'm trapped in this terrible relationship. Oh, boy. Uh, but otherwise, <laughs> she is awful. Too. Oh, she's awful. I she's awful and i think she played it really well as as i'm just gonna be a selfish little princess uh which would be bad except that we see sarah is a wonderful person and even her sister tala yeah tala Tala. is a great person like like i kind of half expected tala to be this this is my wedding and i can't believe you would be doing this and granted she does that but she does that one time because she tripped and broke all of her teeth. Right. <laughs> in yeah. one of the, f- that was such a beautiful, funny moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a lot of little touches like that. And, and the, the way that they eventually characterize every single person, there was one moment. There is, I have exactly one criticism of the movie and that keeps it from being perfect. And it was funny because up until this morning, I just thought, Oh, I don't even like that at all. But I realize now, if you took the post-credit scene mm-hmm. and replaced the ending scene with that, and you take the ending scene and put that in the post-credits, perfect movie. Absolutely perfect movie if you discover that their plan worked because Roy sees them. He's like, hey, I got the message, and uh, do you really think this could work? He's like, I have no idea who you are, dude. Sorry. Yeah. And he realizes, if that was the official end of the movie, right, where you realize it worked, and now Roy can get out. Because that was the other thing. Like, towards the end, I was like, okay, but, like, are they just going to leave Roy there? That's fucked up. Um, uh, and then the actual last scene was them in the pool. And, like, they could have just ended with, oops, uh, or I'm sorry, could have put after the credit sequence them in the pool. And then this family comes home. And then, oh, I guess they get back the November 10th. That would have been hysterical. And it would have been the perfect ending, I feel. But... They you got know, those two I can handhold you up. on this. Like, I, yeah. I think you're right. 
that yeah. would have been the perfect ending. But I love that, e even though the, your criticism, I love, though, that oh, she still, left him yeah. a voicemail. Yeah. Basically, and was like, I don't know why your girlfriend, let, you know, like, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And he's like, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's like, what? I don't, know, you know, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about at all. Yeah, but um, I love that he then realizes he's like, oh, shit. I can get out of I this if I want to. Yeah. One. Yeah. And two, like, they did it. You know, like, mm -hmm. yeah, it was, no, it was great. And I, I completely agree with you. I think they could have switched those and it would have made it perfect. You're yeah. right. In Very fairness, right. so that's like saying this this movie, which gets 95 out of 100, I mean, it could have gotten 100. It's like, yeah, well, that's still really good. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm a sucker for this kind of movie, but also, and, and as you said, the romantic comedy, and this was a very good romantic comedy, because especially because you get that bit in the middle where everything is going right and they're learning about each other, and just that montage of them goofing off, flying yeah. a plane, destructing a bomb, blowing up a bomb from the, the cake, and then having a hand-to-hand -hand duel in front of everyone. That was so goofy and silly and funny, and I loved it. Um, but also, what I miss is these kind of low-budget movies. Like, this probably had a budget of, like, I don't know, $30, $40 million. I'm sure I could look it up. I will at some point. And that's a lot of money to you and me. But in Hollywood, that's peanuts. Right. Like, when we were growing up, uh, we would watch... There would be movies on TV all the time. Every Saturday, there would be a movie like Mannequin 2 or mm, the entire oeuvre of Meg Ryan, essentially, of these little... <laughs> good fun movies mm -hmm. joe versus the volcano not a, like uh, it had tom hanks but before he became tom hanks uh these little movies that aren't brilliant or beautiful or whatever but they're just good and they're fun to watch for a couple of hours and the thing is nowadays you don't really get those you either get these very cheap formulaic couple shot for like a million dollar kind of uh independent movies that hit big like um or what was that one uh, that was shot all on an iPhone? Tangerine, which those are good, and don't get me wrong, those deserve to exist. Or you get a giant, big blockbuster tentpole movie that costs $500 million to make, and it earns back like $600 million, and people are like, oof, oof, that almost became a flop. And there's it just drowns out a lot of the space for these smaller little movies, and I just love the fact that this exists. Well, and I think it's allowed to exist now because of... <clears throat> streaming services like Hulu, mm -hmm. Netflix, things like that, where they're funding these and kind of create, you know, not having to make it a big blockbuster sell tickets kind of deal, right? They can yeah. just put them on their streaming services and you have something really nice to enjoy and watch. So I, I think that those spaces allow for this type of movie now. Yeah, well, that's good. It's kind of like what Steam did in that... There was a point where video games were all about 50 bucks and or a little bit right. less, but you had some really weird games that came out. We're talking like Incredible Crisis on the PlayStation 1, which is a game that I absolutely love, but it defies all reason and logic to explain. So I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> There's no way that that would exist on a PlayStation 4 platform because they would be like, well, you need to have this. Everything needs to be a AAA rated game, essentially, when, right. when it boils down to it. Steam, when that came about, became the place for little auteur games like uh, um, ooh, Undertale, yeah, or these other little experimental games that 
will save all of your information. And so even if you delete it off of your hard drive, Undertale tracks literally every single thing you do in it. So every character that you kill, every time you walk back and forth or whatever, and then when you play it a second time, that information gets fed into the computer. And so characters remember that you killed them the last time they saw you. Oh, that sort of thing. shit, the- really? Yeah. I've never played it's- Undertale, but people tell me I should. And that it's- actually makes me want to. <laughs> it is really interesting. Um, uh, and yeah, and the only way apparently to get all of that information off so like to start over afresh is essentially to reformat your computer like you can delete it and it'll still somehow remember all of this stuff and it will remember that you deleted the game um yeah it's that is like a work of art and it's like 20 bucks like there's a lot of really good games out there available on steam because now the barrier to entry has gotten kind of low just like there's a lot of uh because of the the plethora of streaming services now the smaller movie is coming out and that's great my only concern though is if you told me back in the day that in order to watch saturday morning cartoons uh which is actually where i would watch a lot of these movies because immediately after saturday morning cartoons they would usually show like some 1970s clute or whatever um so immediately after cartoons in order to watch a movie i would have to spend eight bucks a month on this service I don't know if I would do it. Hmm. Yeah. But since I'm doing it anyway, like I do enjoy the stuff that Netflix gives me and the stuff that Hulu gives me and the stuff that Prime gives me and the stuff that Disney Plus gives me. Well, I just miss the days of a cable. Uh, see, I, I think that's why these streaming services exist, though, because cable got too greedy mm. and got way too fucking expensive. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I just forgot HBO and Peacock. Although I have not signed up for Peacock yet, but I'm about to. So. I don't know what Peacock is. Peacock is NBC's uh, streaming oh, platform. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But here's here's the weird thing about all those. Um, it's not based off of this is a show aired on NBC. It's based off of this was produced by Universal. So Friends, mm. for example which aired on NBC and was one of their flagship shows for so long is not going to be on Peacock. That's on HBO Max because that's where all of the Warner Brothers stuff is. And so oh, just this... Oh, God. Yeah. It's just this <laughs> overlapping, interacting, where is everything streaming that I'm kind of... I'm a little bit over. Yeah, uh, that's... The, yeah. That's true. And um, there's, there's stuff... Sorry, I'll, I'll get... I just wanted to finish my thought. Of And there's stuff that just disappears. Like... Uh, Netflix has had a whole bunch of stuff of its own creation that they're just like, all right, cool. Well, no one's watching this anymore, so we're just going to delete it. And it's like, well, that's just gone now. So, for example, John Hodgman had a comedy special. And after like three or four years, they're like, okay, we're going to get rid of it and you'll never be able to see it again. Maybe we'll put it back out there someday. But I, one of the things I like about TV from back in the day was the ability to just stumble across something and watch it. Right. And so the idea that I can't stumble across or they're curating what I can stumble across. That also flusters me. Sorry. Go on. Oh, no. I was just going to get back to the movie because, you yeah, know, sorry. this is movie club now. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, it's like when we do our question. We didn't need right. to talk about uh, whatever it was we were talking about. <laughs> I already forgot. I'm going to edit in while I'm editing. I'm going to add in the smart answer. No, you don't. Yeah, even we didn't have to, to talk that. about that anymore. Um. But I almost like thinking about it now because I'm still stuck on the old woman. 
I wonder mm-hmm. if it was actually her finding the time loop again and going back in when she was close to her older years or maybe when Andy or not Andy oh. Niles had passed away. And so she went back to kind of enjoy that time and observe it. That's a really interesting idea. I like that because I does. Yeah, because like who who like how else was that? Why was that woman there then? Yeah. And why does she know that he's leaving soon? Why does she know the history and all the, the the actual loop? Right. Yeah, I would have to rewatch it because my read on that when I first watched it was that, you know, she was just saying, because what our first introduction to her, she says to Andy Samberg, uh, God damn it, to Niles, something along the idea of the lines of, I've been to more weddings than you can imagine. And he says, no, you haven't. Right. Um, but maybe if it is her. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm going along. I'm, I'm, I'm taking you ha- your hand with this. We're. We are more ballpark buddies than hand-holding buddies on this one, because I still think that she was just a a uh, a regular old person who was not actually in the loop, but only because I literally, until about five minutes ago, had never even thought to me. So I'm that thought had never occurred to me. So I'm processing it as I speak. Um, and so in a week, we'll be handholders. But right now, ballpark buds. <laughs> um, God. Well, because I just I, because I mean, why yeah, else would she? That's have a really said, good. Yeah, you know, you're. Le- I know you're leaving soon. Because yeah. what? <laughs> How well, do you know? I thought, <laughs> I thought that that conversation was just her saying like, "Oh, you're gonna go back to wherever you you came from." My assumption, somewhere in L.A. or something like that. You're gonna go back there, and we won't see you again. Blah blah blah. You're leaving the party or something. But you're right. When she says that, it does give you the idea of. Okay, yeah, they blew up the the portal out, but then she knows all the stuff about physics now. Who's to say she can't, in another couple of years, as an older woman, can't uh, uh, figure out how to set up a new one? You know what I mean? And go back and just enjoy that time. Kind of like, uh, do you watch Black Mirror? Uh, I've watched most of it. I'm sure you've seen... uh, I think it was called San Junipero, which frustrates me. It's Junipero. Come on. That's the one where after you die, you get put into like a simulation of your life or whatever, that sort of thing. And you just kind of your afterlife is a bunch of people who, you know, see things the same way that you did in this simulation. Uh, It is the classic episode where the two women realize that they're in love with each other after they die. Anyway, but it's that idea of like now she's an older woman and she's like, all right, well, I'm not quite ready to go yet. So let me just go back to this time where I had so much fun and enjoyed my life. I could definitely see that as being a thing. That's a really good read on your part. Wow. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> so but it's yeah, safe no, because to... I mean, she's not there with him. Right. And but yeah. she does interact with him very limitedly. So I think it, yeah, like it just makes sense that it might be her trying to remember him and kind of experience that again because he's probably passed at this point Mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, or maybe he is an old man in that time frame too because perhaps, for example, he was about to die and realized, hmm, I can just go back. But that's all open to interpretation because they never showed us uh, a goofy old man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I so I feel it's safe to assume then that we 
are both going to recommend this movie, yeah? Yes, very much so. I would. I have already recommended this movie to someone because yeah. my friend was okay. telling me, um, she was like, yeah, I just watched you know this movie last weekend or whatever. And I was like, oh, if you like that movie, you need to watch Palm Springs because I just watched it and I loved it and it's super cute and you'll love it. So she was like, okay, I'll watch it this weekend. So I'll have to find out uh, what she thought of it this week. But Nice. Yeah. Okay, I have two questions. Yeah. Uh, the first one is just a general one. Does this movie actually have a villain? Other than the fact that um, your own, or rather Niles' own self-doubts and whatnot are a villain. But does it have, like, like I don't even, personally, I don't even consider Roy a villain. No, Roy's not a villain. Yeah. Um, so... Not not unless, yeah, you count themes that can be villains, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, antagonist. I think I think it's been a long time since I've been in a literary criticism class, but I uh, I think antagonist is well, the antagonist is always the person opposed to the protagonist. But in a person versus self scenario, I guess self would be the antagonist. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. Allison, if you're listening to this, uh, she's a friend of mine who. Well, almost certainly not listen to this, but she has a literary degree. If you're listening to this, tell me if I was right. Uh, okay, so yeah, yeah. There's no yeah, villain. I don't think that there's necessarily a villain unless... Right. Um, because even if you count, like, let's say the time loop in general yeah. is the villain or something like that, um, or the husband, you know, is a villain. Or, or the or, goat. <laughs> or the goat. Um, but let's say... let's. For sake of argument, let's call it the time loop, right? Like, even Correct. if you call that villain, um, yeah. a lot of really positive things came from it having to, um, it making people relive this time and period time and time again in order to change them for the greater good. So do I call that a villain? No. Mm -mm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think there was a villain. Yeah, this is... Off the top of my head, I would have to think some more. But off the top of my head, this is definitely the best movie without a villain. Uh, yeah, cool. Okay, and then my more the the more movie specific question, because that's how we end it with um, Men in Black International. It was what would you do with your third hand? And I think we came up with some great ideas uh, for this one. Say you now you are now stuck in a time loop. Uh, what, oh boy, first of all, it would probably be today. That's unfortunate. Uh, what skill are you going to, uh, perfect first? Oh, what? Uh, what am I going to perfect first? Yeah, it's a tough one. Because you also have to consider where you are in the world. Like, if you wanted to learn advanced physics the way that uh Kristen Milioti we never said her name I feel bad uh Kristen Milioti's character Sarah the way she learns it I mean how are you going to get access to uh those types of professors in one day hmm yeah this is hard because I mean yeah. it's like you have all the time in the world to learn anything what we'll assume for the sake of this is you know that you're going to get out of this at some point you're not like other characters in a um, in one of these movies who just assumes, all right, I'm never going to break the loop. And then eventually they do. We'll just assume for this that you know, maybe you even know that it's not going to be 
an infinite loop. It's going to be a very long time loop. It's going to be a thousand years, let's say. But you know eventually you're going to get out, and then tomorrow will be the 20th of July. Ooh, it's a palindrome. 20 July 2020. It's a palindrome if you do it the correct British-European way of your dates, not the weird American 7-20-20. Come on. Day, month, year. It increases in that order. Anyway. Yeah. Um, You know, I think what I would want to do is learn as many languages as I could. That's a really good one. Because I think, at least for me, it would take a thousand years to learn languages. I I have very little aptitude for them, I've learned. Like, I get so confused. I tried learning Japanese one time, and they were talking about how it's, well, English is a subject-object predicate uh, uh, or whatever. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means in English. And now you <laughs> want me to learn that in another language? But with a thousand years i feel like i could learn how to diagram sentences in these in these things that's very interesting do you have a language that you think you would go with first um well i'm already semi familiar with spanish but i would want to be fluent in it so mm-hmm. probably spanish okay um that, that would also give you a lot of the other uh latin based romance languages so yeah get, and portuguese apparently so from what i'm told and what i've read portuguese even though it's a different language it's mutually intelligible. Like mm-hmm. you, a Portuguese person and a Spanish person could just speak to one another. And it might be a little bit weird because it would be kind of like how in the UK they call a boot, a Bonnie and that kind of thing. Uh, a lift. Would you like some chips? And then they give you French fries. You're like, what the hell is this? I mean, I'll eat them. I love French fries, but that's and they hard. Chips, these aren't chips. Crisps and yeah. Wait, yes. Yeah. That whole thing. Or, Hey, you want a Mars bar? And then they give you a Milky way and you're like, Fuck you, man. No, um, what what kind of trick are you trying to pull here? But essentially, they are the same language, which is really interesting to me. But oh yeah, so you get Portuguese and Italian and French and Romanian and a couple of other little ones that you're like, okay, well, now it's a lot easier to learn these. And then you're gonna get to the ones that are really hard, like yeah, the Asian languages, yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) the tonal ones. Oh, those are they're not crazy. They are perfectly wonderful and valid languages. But to me, I'm just like, yeah, I'll never, I'll never be able to do that. Well, uh, I had a previous boss who was trying to teach me Korean, um, but yeah, that, that was, but she's, she's like, it's one of the easier Asian languages to learn. I'm like, okay. I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah. But, well, um, but yeah, so I, I think I'd want to learn as many languages as I could in a thousand well years. Played. That's good. I also don't really know what I would do. Like, I've even been thinking of it as you were coming up with yours. And, like, the only thing I can really think of is it would be nice to learn a um, a hobby, like a craft kind of hobby, like woodworking or puppet making or something like that I think would be fun. Mm-hmm. Just something that I could do, because I'm not very good at, uh, at, at, things imagination I'm just well kidding. yeah they're not very good at things no that's true too this is true i'm not very good at many things uh but i'm not particularly good at like imagination like i've i may have said it before on uh in a previous episode or i've said it to you elsewhere that uh if you give me a piece of paper a blank piece of paper and it says draw whatever you want i would just sit there and after two hours that paper would still be blank i'm like i don't know what to draw but if you said draw a cow then I would draw a cow because I know what a cow looks like and all that kind right. of stuff. I'm like, cool, I can do that. If you told me, all right, uh, well, like puppet making is a great example because there's a lot, like all puppets are basically the same size and shape, right? 
Like, all Muppets are, I mean, there's variations, but, like, the variation is all cosmetic. And cosmetics, I can do. I can, if you say, put a face on this Muppet, I can make a face on that Muppet. And so, I don't know, I feel like that would be a useful skill to have afterwards, like a good hobby to have. Yeah. Nah. Not as, as useful as your I'm going to learn all languages skill, but... <laughs> Again, I am the person who said it would be nice to not grow hair anymore instead of it'd be nice to have two hearts or even yeah. we neither of us said it'd be nice if uh, we could just make sure that nobody feels uh, depression ever again. Oops. Well, I mean, some of ours could help with that. Like mine could help with that. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, again, there is a direct correlation to your physical health and your mental health. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I'm Classy. And I'm Nick. Whatever I said. Oh, skater boy who will, in fact, see you later, boy. <laughs> and we're signing off, hoping you have a good tomorrow and take care of each other. <laughs>